0: Live with CDP, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast live on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, and on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Now here's your host, Chris Palme.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Live with CDP podcast on this, uh, what is it, Wednesday, March 30th. Sorry, I got my days mixed up. Anyways, I look forward to my guest tonight, Stu Boyer. He's coming on for a third time now. He's one behind Pat Gregor and Aaron Sanders for most appearances on uh, Live with CDP podcast. This is my 132nd episode in two years. So I'm looking forward to speaking to Stu Boyer today about... the. Uh, 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 the Buffalo Bills stadium, uh, the new overtime rules, which I've already expressed my views on, and also the the improvement of the Buffalo Sabers, who are now just two points behind the Red Wings in the standings. And uh, I, 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 the Red Wings, I think have more talent than the Sabers, but I'll. Tell you this, Don is doing a hell of a job with the Sabers, getting them back to respectability after where they've been the last uh, ten years. So, uh, to me, Don Granato should be in, in consideration for Coach of the Year. Anyways, that's just my opinion, and I'm wearing my Rogers TV hat today too. So, I'm hoping to be back on Friday uh, uh, with the game and Owen Sound Attack Friday. So, just bear with me, guys, and I hope you guys like my new opening intro. I want to say thank you to Jeff and Robert from Rogers TV for doing my. Uh, uh, my video and my uh, voiceover as well i'm hoping to get to i am feeling a lot better than what i was a week ago so just bear with me guys and i'm going to bring on Stu boyer and we're going to talk a little uh, buffalo sports hey Stu, how you doing
2: great chris how are you
1: good good hey thank you so much for coming on on short notice i really appreciate it
2: my pleasure always glad to be on i appreciate the opportunity
1: Okay. I did send your email out uh, an hour ago, but I don't know what happened. I did send it out to your Gmail, but, you know, with email, sometimes things uh, don't always get delivered.
2: Well, as it turned out, I actually got it clicked on the link, and lo and behold, here I am, and here we are.
1: <laughs> okay, no problem, no no problem. But I know sometimes email can be funny where things go into junk or spam or or whatever. So I miss the old days of an like old phone call, eh? Yeah,
2: well, yeah, those days are gone,
1: <laughs> long gone. So, but you know what? This is going to be a really good time uh, for a Buffalo sports fan right now. The Bills are Super Bowl contenders. Get a new stadium. Got Von Miller. Uh, the Sabers are finally making progress. Uh, the Buffalo Bisons are back, and the uh, Buffalo Bandits are twelve and one right now, and looking like a a championship team in the uh, National Lacrosse League.
2: I would say you summed it up pretty nicely there, Chris. Uh, things are going along nicely, and um, hopefully we can move past that thirteen second gap in the game against Kansas City.
1: <laughs> well, I was going to say, you know what? That's the only thing you can do. You got to move on from it. Every team has to go through heartbreak, and 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 like I said, now you got to focus on the twenty twenty two season and stuff like that. And uh, that brings my first question, Stu. I wanted to ask you here. Thoughts on the new stadium finally for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, what's your thoughts on the location and overall cost of the stadium to the taxpayers, the county, and uh, the naming rights? Will they, will the will the county and the state have a say in that, or will the Pagulas ultimately have the final say on the naming rights of the new stadium?
2: Uh, good question, Chris. Never, ever thought about the rights of the new stadium. I don't know. Um, I think it's a great thing. I think it's it's an investment in the Western New York community. The two other teams that have New York in their names play in New Jersey. So I look at it as an investment in the Western New York and New York State community. It's very exciting to know that that team is here for the next 30 years. Um, When that lease ends, it is highly unlikely that I'll still be on the planet but fortunately the team will still be here and it's very exciting to get a new stadium. I actually saw my first game in the old stadium way back in 1973 when some guy named Simpson ran for 200 yards on a Monday night against Kansas city. So, and of course, when I was working at channel two, when you work in the media here, there are times when you felt like you lived at the stadium. So I'm very excited to see this place. Um, It seems to make sense to do it across the street. It's far less disruptive. And uh, it's just the way of the world that um, governments are gonna come up with money for the very wealthy, because like I said, it's an investment in the community because there isn't a politician alive who wants to be in office when a sports franchise leaves the area because that is not good for anyone. So I'm very excited about the stadium um and looking forward to um opening day in the stadium and hopefully before then the bills win at least one super bowl um that would be a perfect world well not quite i would perfect,
1: say two <laughs> i would say at least they should with two two so well, um
2: one in the second so i'm not even thinking about that
1: just get the first. Yeah. You know what? Just focus on getting one and then worry about the second and the, and that as well. So um, I was going to say the location, um, are you good with that? Or were you one of the guys that wanted it downtown?
2: Well, if you build it downtown, you have to disrupt a lot of things. And if you, if you say it's going to fix up a neighborhood, why couldn't you just fix up the neighborhood now without a new stadium? So I don't, I do not have any issues with building an Orchard Park. I'm just glad it's going to be built and that the team is staying.
1: I was going to say, no more, you don't have to worry about it anymore. And they can just worry about the football season. The only thing I would say, some of the critics I've been reading online, oh, it should have been a dome, it should have been a dome, or sort of like Indianapolis' stadium. What would your take on that being something like the Indianapolis stadium with a retractable roof?
2: Um, I would have preferred a dome stadium okay Uh, just think a dome is kind of better for everybody and you can host more events in there um and you don't have to worry about the climate like that monday night game we had which was no advantage to the bills by the way and if you want to look at it that way this team plays fabulous in dome stadiums um so uh, i'm just glad they're building a stadium i would have preferred a dome i think that would have been better long term Uh, But they're going to have natural grass in this stadium. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. They're going to have the same kind of stuff they have in Green Bay with some kind of heaters underneath it. So, um, yeah, I think everything's great. I mean, I don't want to sound Pollyanna, but I think everything's really great and looking up, and it's exciting to have a new football stadium on the horizon, and we don't have to worry about them leaving for 30 years. So, I, I think it's all good and I understand all the critics and why some people are unhappy. But I think in this case, um they got it right. Except for the dome. I would have preferred a dome.
1: So I'm shocked about the grass. I just thought because of the climate in Buffalo and that they would go with the uh, I they would go with the turf obviously, but going with grass, that's even better.
2: Well, I guess it's the same kind of grass. From what I heard or what I read, it's the same kind of grass that they have in Green Bay with the heaters underneath. And I guess it allows okay. the grass to grow, and that's a pretty cool kind of thing.
1: And I think the players and the athletes will be a lot happier with grass instead of turf.
2: I would hope so. I mean, I think it's a little bit easier on on the body, um, I would think. Um, I guess we won't know for
1: a, couple more a years. few years
2: now yeah and I, I mean i don't know how old the turf is at the stadium but i guess the other question is if they had plans to replace the turf are they going to scrap those plans and just wait for the new stadium i, I don't know how the, so. i don't know i don't know how old i don't remember how exactly how old the current turf is at the um stadium and i don't even know what kind of shape it's in i don't think it's that old but um no, a lot of no. wear kilts
1: I was going to say, um, yeah, definitely. That's definitely an improvement with grass. Now, this new stadium, is there going to be any kind of like covering to it, or nobody's seen the uh, sketches yet of what they're looking at doing?
2: You know, I've seen them, and I don't really remember, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't know. Um, I saw a comparison to one of the other stadiums, and I can't remember what it was or what I saw. So I don't want to answer that because I don't know, and I, I don't want to give out wrong information. I do don't think there's a covering but i don't know and i don't want to say so my answer there is i'm sorry to say
1: definitely yeah hey, i'm not a big soccer fan by any means but if they do put in grass field like you said then they might be able to get more events in there like soccer events major soccer events there in the future
2: oh as a matter of fact i did see some i'm glad you brought that up because it's being compared to a stadium for a soccer team in, I think England, Tottenham, Tottenham. Okay. And it's supposedly similar to that stadium. So whatever that stadium is, is supposedly quite similar to what this stadium will be. And I did see the drawings, but I don't remember if there's any kind of covering or not.
1: Okay. But if, uh, they didn't, sorry. But,
2: but people who are familiar with that stadium. They can answer that question. I just don't remember because I looked at the drawings and I, then I, I looked at the Tottenham Stadium and I'm like, oh, that looks pretty cool. But I believe it or not, I don't remember yeah. if they had it or not.
1: The only thing I'd be concerned about as a fan, uh, obviously they weren't going to have 80,000 seats or even 70, but 62, that's kind of small. I would have gone with 65. 65
2: I think 65 they did perfect. Well, I you know my guess is they've done a whole bunch of research and they're going to have standing room only seats. I don't know how many and they'll have areas where people can congregate and instead of getting a seat, you can get into the game. So it will be it'll be 62,000 seats, but the capacity uh I believe will be a little bit greater. And I think they've done enough research Chris to show that 62 is probably a pretty good and pretty accurate number because I'm sure it they've researched absolutely everything uh, if you're going to spend that kind of money. So uh, I'm okay with 62. And you, you know, you always want to have that little bit of want to have that little bit of demand. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's
1: true too. (laughs) That's, that's true. Demand too. And also um, the ticket prices will be going up in, and obviously in 2026 plus the personal seat licenses as well for season ticket holders
2: yeah i'm not a big fan of personal seat licenses but i guess that's the way of the world you pay me for the pay for the right you pay me for the right to pay me even more a little you know that it's a great racket if you can get it put it that way but they've also said they're not going to price their consumers out of being able to go um to bill's games so we'll see how that all plays out you know they've come out and said on the record they're so expensive for um fans to come to the
1: games so i was looking at since i was looking at cincinnati's and cincinnati's obviously uh maybe a little bit bigger than buffalo but theirs went from 350 to 3200 so i'm assuming buffalo would probably the pagolos would would probably try to price it based on what cincinnati and some of the other small market teams are doing with their prices
2: wait you said cincinnati went from season tickets from $350 to $3,200 for, for a build-
1: personal. Uh, no, oh, no, just, that. just currently, currently with uh, Paul Brown stadium for a personal seat license. Uh, I looked it up today and Cincinnati's is between 350 to $3,200, depending oh, okay. on, depending on where your seat is in the stadium.
2: Yeah. I honestly, I have no idea. Chris don't know.
1: Okay. Oh, I know is Vegas has probably got one of the highest personal seat licenses. <laughs> so
2: well, look at the stadium.
1: Yes, that's true. But uh did you ever think you would live to see the Bills get a new stadium? Long enough never. to get a new
2: stadium. Honestly, that's one of those questions. I never think about the end. <laughs> I'm here, I'm here and yeah. now. I plan to stay here and uh I'm glad they're doing it. That's all. Yes, I, that's definitely that's how I all those questions i'm just glad to be here
1: okay this leads to my next question i've already voiced my opinion on this but i just wanted to get your thoughts on the nfl overtime rule change just for the playoffs starting in 2022
2: um i think it's a good thing that both teams get a possession um the lack of a possession isn't what upset me nearly as much as the 13 seconds when the bills fell asleep uh, but I think it's a good thing. I mean, every other sport, you know, baseball, both teams bat. Hockey, it's sudden death. With the pucks out there, you just got to play the game. And basketball, it's sudden death. And um, soccer, you you have the um, golden goal. But um, they'll play the two overtimes if nobody scores and go to a shootout. So it's good. I think it's a good rule, finally. Um, I have to give Steve Tasker a little credit because he said on a radio show the other day that in the regular season, they should just have ties. And I'm like, you know what, that kind of works for me. The ties in a regular season don't bother me. Um, and uh, it would get a few more fan bases involved, I would think, knowing their team has some hope on those last weekends. But I think it's a good rule change that they're um, doing this in overtime. I think it's good. Both teams should have a chance with the football.
1: Okay. they are keeping the overtime rules in the regular season as is where if a team gets a field goal, then the other team gets an opportunity. I, I sort of like the, the old rules, but I can understand and see your point too, Stu. I try to like, I have my opinion, but then I like to listen to others too. So, um, you do make some good points as well. And we'll, we'll see how it goes in 2022.
2: Well, I'm old fashioned, Chris. I like sudden death over time or sudden victory over time. So, you know, it, kickoff and they run it back for a touchdown too bad but they don't want to play the game nowadays they want to make sure the the field is level and all that other stuff forever and ever ad infinitum field has to be level blah 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 so i just say play the game but they don't do it that way anymore because you know defense and special teams are big parts of the game just like offense too so
1: uh, absolutely absolutely 100
2: they keep Man. changing rules and nobody's ever going to be completely happy So, um, I think this is a good rule change. I really do.
1: Okay. No, no, I just, I wanted to ask you about that. And I always like to hear other people's opinions. And, and when I have Sal Capaccio come on next week, I'm going to ask him the same thing too, just to get his thoughts and, and then just how I feel about it. But obviously, like I said, if it's better for the game, it's better for the game. I just hope they don't get rid of kickoffs in the NFL because I miss guys running the kicks back. I know they're looking at it as a player safety factor, but I do like the opening kickoff as long as what's your take on that. Oh, I
2: I can't stand the thought of eliminating kickoffs. You'll never make the sport completely safe. Every guy out there knows the risks that they're taking. I love kickoff returns. I'm old enough to remember a character named Billy White Shoes Johnson, great kick return man who happened to wear white shoes and yes. did a return one for a, uh, um, a touchdown. He was a great player, great fun to watch. I love kickoff returns. Um, and, you know, I hate the idea that they're trying to get kickoffs out of football. Um, you can call it a safety issue call whatever you want there's no way you can make that game completely safe i love watching kickoffs and kickoff returns nowadays most of the time they're touchbacks which is unfortunately yes. a great play and it's great entertainment obviously i don't ever want to see anybody get hurt it happens unfortunately does it happen more or less on kickoffs i don't know i i haven't seen their studies um, and, you know, if they're concerned about player safety and they want to get rid of kickoffs, then why did they add another game to make it a 17-game schedule? And why are they going to add an 18-game, 18th game to the schedule at some point? And the answer isn't player safety, it's money. So, yep. you know, I love a good, I love, great kickoff returns are exciting.
1: Yes, and I've been to a, a lot of games live, and I it's one of the most exciting plays in football. And, I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of the touchback, and also, I I'm going to be honest. I don't like the fair fair catch rule either. But <laughs> that's not going to leave anytime soon either.
2: Yeah, I'm uh, like I said. I I like kickoff returns, and it's an advantage to teams that have players who can return kickoffs. So if your you know scouting department comes up with a special teams guy that your front office drafts, signs, gets as a free agent, whatever, it's an advantage. To- team for having a player who can do that so I say good for those teams and it's good for the fans it's an exciting play
1: and that NBA. leads to my next definitely and that leads to my next question uh, Stu uh thoughts on the Bills offseason moves so far uh obviously Vaughn Miller and also uh the releasing of Cole Beasley uh uh
2: I was stunned by the Von Miller signing. It's incredibly exciting. I think he's the best defensive player they've had since Bruce Smith. He's a finisher, a game changer, and it's really unfortunate that they didn't have him this past season. But they didn't. Now they do. So hopefully he uh, has the kind of impact they're anticipating. Great, great player, great, great signing. So, I'm um, absolutely thrilled that they signed Von Miller. Um, as for Cole Beasley, oh, I'm, glad I, I'm glad Isaiah McKenzie is back. I think uh, Beasley had been a little bit on a downward trend. And um, you notice that no one else has signed him. And so, obviously, he wasn't going to get the kind of money he had been uh, getting previously. So, to the best of my knowledge, he hasn't signed. And um, I'm, I'm very okay with them moving on from Cole Beasley. And that can, I'll say the same thing for Star Latulale. No one has signed him yet either. So, you know, at some point, um, I guess that's why these guys want to get those contracts when they can get them. Because at some point, uh, you're not going to get that kind of money. And there's a reason for it. You're a little bit older. Your production maybe slips a little bit. Um, in Latulale's case, you weren't available when they needed you often enough. And, um, so I'm Brandon being the guy's amazing. And, um, I have the utmost faith in the decision he makes for this team.
1: I was going to say, I do think they will both get signed by other teams, but I think it's going to be a while. Don't be surprised if Cole Beasley ends up with the New England Patriots. I'm just got a gut feeling that he's going to stay in the AFC East and, uh, with New England. But, uh, as for Star. I'm not sure he's going to end up, but Von Miller. My only question, concern with him is his—he's what 33 now. Um, he's got a lot of miles on him, and also, can he stay healthy? And will he still have the same fire to win a Super Bowl? Because he's already won two with Denver and the Rams. Well,
2: why would his desire diminish? He wants to win a third. That's why these guys play the game. He's—he's 33. Did you see him last? Did. he was fabulous last year with the rams um no reason to i didn't see any decline in his play that's a risk you take and it's worth it because i mean if he's the guy and it looks like he's still the guy who wouldn't want him on their team so um good for him good for the bills good for everybody a win-win situation i don't think he's declined at all um, and if Cole Beasley goes to the Patriots, fine. He's nowhere near a Julian Edelman or a Wes Welker, especially at this point in his career. So, you know, whatever wherever he goes, I, I do wish him the best. But um, he's not getting nearly the money he got from the Bills. I would be shocked if that happened.
1: Okay. Now, with Miller, uh, they gave him six years, $120 million. Is there? Do they have an opt-out clause after the second or third year?
2: I don't know how that works, but the only thing I can tell you when they sign these contracts, no one ever expects them to be there for the for the sixth year or maybe for that. So, you know, they've structured the contract in a way that um, allows them to do certain things, and, and I don't know enough about contracts, and I didn't read that much about contracts. I'm just happy that he's wearing the uniform of the Buffalo Bills, which happens to be the team I root for. So um, I don't pay attention to contracts because – not my money. It's not going to impact me one way or the other. So I just hope that he plays the way he's capable of playing. And, you know, remember these teams, they don't do anything that does not favor the team. So, um, they'll structure it in a way that benefits them the most. That's just the way contracts seem to work.
1: Do you think overall the off season moves, you think they've done enough with the, uh, the old line and and upgrading the defense, or do you think they still need to, uh, there's some more issues to address within the NFL draft?
2: Well, I think cornerback is a position they'll most likely take in the draft. I also hope that they can get a, a real speedy, big, wide receiver. Like, um, you know, in my perfect will, Jamal Williams from Alabama falls to 25, or Brandon Bean, remember, Brandon Bean is not afraid to pull the trigger on a deal, so maybe there's a player or players he wants to acquire in the draft, and he can easily pull, well, not easily, but he can pull the trigger on a deal to get who he wants. It's how Stefan Diggs got here. So um, it, I would say cornerback is the position that they'll most likely address in the draft, but You know, wide receiver, too. Um, And um, I don't know how it's going to play out. That's just what I think. Cornerback. And there's a big chunk of me that wants that speedy wide receiver because I don't think you can have enough weapons for Josh
1: Allen. Yeah, because right now you've got Diggs, number one. Gabriel Davis, I'm assuming, number two. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie would be number three, I am assuming. And he has a lot of speed, too. But I see what you're saying. You want to get a little extra speed besides him.
2: Well, I want the speed and I want the size. Don't forget they signed Jamison Crowder too, which I think is a great signing. So, and they also Actually, signed that's o- true. And they also signed another o- J- tight J- end, Jay Mayo. So, um, a lot of targets for um, Josh Allen. And, you know, a guy like Mayo hasn't been healthy, but I'm sure he comes here with something to prove. And I thought Crowder has been a good player all along. And maybe he can blossom too, because this is Josh Allen's far and away the best quarterback that um, Crowder. Has played with, that's what I would say.
1: And that was kind of a quiet pickup too. You're right about that. I've actually forgot about that. That was a nice little uh, pickup too. And it was only a one year contract, I believe.
2: Yes, it's a one year deal. Correct.
1: Definitely. Now, do you feel they have enough? um With obviously Von Miller, do you find there's now a, enough uh, pass rush that the the defense had been lacking the last couple of years? Do you find now they should be able to get to the quarterback better than they have in a while?
2: Well, I certainly hope so. Looks like they've moved on from Jerry Hughes and and some of the guys, you know, Vernon Butler and, um, but, you know, don't forget now you got Greg Russo coming back in year two. Uh, Boogie Basham is in year two. AJ Epinesa needs to take a big step forward. Um, so yes, I think the pass rush will be better. And Vaughn Miller is a huge part of that. So um, I'll say yes. I mean, right now on paper, looks like a great team to me, and I'm a little biased, but um, I think it's been a great offseason.
1: And try, try uh, Traverius White, I guess he's coming off ACL surgery, so it might be a good idea to get some extra insurance until he's 100% recovered.
2: Well, you hope Tredavious White makes a complete recovery, and it's the other side where Levi Wallace was, and that's why I say they'll probably address cornerback in the draft. There's a big hole over there. And, you know, hey, you never know. They still have some internal candidates, and one of those kids might might just blossom and turn into that player.
1: That's true, too. So it's going to be an interesting draft. I believe it's, what, uh, in a month from now in uh, uh, in Nevada, I guess where the Raiders are.
2: Yes, Vegas.
1: Paradise, Nevada, I think. Paradise, yeah, Nevada. So we'll see what happens there. But the Eagles, I know, have three number one picks, so I'm interested to see what they're doing. The Eagles are kind of been quiet so far in the offseason. But I'm just glad we didn't get Deshaun Watson. Don't need the drama. Don't need the baggage. And I'd rather give Jalen Hurts another year to see if he's the guy or not instead of bringing this big-name quarterback with the baggage that Watson has in Cleveland.
2: I don't think too many people would argue with you although the people in Cleveland might and there might yes. be a league suspension coming to how so that all plays out but uh, i understand why you want uh Hurst to continue his development
1: yes and um also it looks like the Niners are going to be with uh, jimmy g, uh, jimmy g for another year too as well and uh, i think they've messed that situation up as well the 49ers
2: well probably can't argue with that. Uh, but then again, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been a great playoff quarterback, has he? Now, No. Nope. Because they only got, nope. what, 10 points against uh, the 49ers in the playoff game? So, yep. you know, it's, I get it. Quarterback's the most important position on the field, but you have to do other things to win football games. I think Jimmy Garoppolo takes a lot of, um, a lot of abuse. He is what he is. Um, and you can't make people into something that they aren't. And can you win with him? If you got enough around him, you got a fighting chance. They were a playoff team. So we'll see how that plays out, too. You know, they've been trying, you know, what, the last two years, they've said, oh, he's not going to be on this opening day roster, and there he is, your starting quarterback.
1: So we'll see how that
2: plays out, too.
1: I was going to say, Stu, for so many years, the Bills had that issue. Isn't it kind of nice now, the last four or five years, since Allen's been there, you haven't had to worry about a starting quarterback?
2: Fabulous. It was the missing ingredient. Brandon Bean said he would stake his reputation on drafting a franchise quarterback. Drafted Josh Allen and Josh has blossomed so much that Brandon Bean said he would trade himself before he ever traded Josh Allen. So I'm a huge Josh Allen fan. Um, Great player. Fun to watch. Humble. There isn't anything I can think of that I don't like about him. So hopefully he's able to bring Buffalo its first ever Super Bowl championship,
1: and I think you're going to be getting a, a national cross championship. Obviously, it's not as big as a Super Bowl, but then I think the Sabers next year, if, if they can get goaltending, uh, that's that. That I'm going to bring that up now. Are you okay for a few more minutes to to talk yes. some Sabers? I was yes. going to say okay, um, Sabers. They're on the right path. The only thing, in my opinion, they need to address in the offseason is they need to address their goaltending situation. Craig Anderson's 40-41, and their goaltending is still uh, could need – they don't have that future star goalie yet, and they they could use another goal scorer too. But um, before we get to that, I was just going to ask you this question. Thoughts on longtime Buffalo Sabres play-by-play announcer uh, Rick Chenaret and his uh, upcoming retirement after 51 years with the Sabres?
2: Well, let me put it to you this way. My, I have two daughters, and they both say Rick is not allowed to retire ever. And I say, what do you want from the man? He's 79 years old. Um, I think Dan Dunleavy does a great job. Absolutely. Uh, but Rick is a legend. You cannot replace legends. Um, and they're going to have a big ceremony for Rick on Friday evening. And if you follow neighbors on Twitter, they have a contest about which call is his greatest. Um down to the final two may day. And, um, these guys are good, scary. Good. I have to go with may day because, Same here. um, but they're great calls. Uh, there's so many great calls. Rick is a treasure. He is beloved in this community and he will be missed. And unfortunately he never got a chance to call them lifting the Stanley cup. Now who would have not wanted to hear rick generet describe a saber stanley cup championship i can't think of anybody who wouldn't have wanted to hear rick do that unfortunately it won't happen but what a fabulous 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 career and a great broadcaster and a really good guy rick generet is and uh, he will be sorely sorely missed
1: i was gonna say uh, he's on instagram and he actually sometimes replies back to me and and that's nice. And I always get pictures with the fans. And I said to Rick, you are the fans announcer. And I said, this is great to see guys like yourself taking pictures with fans. And and, and you're down to earth. And that's what you like about these guys. It's not just they're Hall of Fame or announcers. They're Hall of Fame human beings.
2: Well, I would like to think so. Um, I've Rick, is to me, has always been great. So, um, you know, like I said, he'll be missed. And these calls are legendary. And fortunately, they're preserved everywhere on the internet. So do a Google search on Rick top 10 calls or whatever. And uh, like I said, he's a.
1: Definitely. And I was going to say, it's just too bad Ted Darling passed away so early either because he was when I grew up uh in the 70s in oakville it was generating on the radio and then ted darling on the tv and 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 you guys have been spoiled with great broadcasters obviously with uh van miller and then ted darling and and uh, obviously rick generate over the years
2: yes buffalo has had some great great broadcasters and we're very grateful that we've had them um you know i worked with a few guys i thought were outstanding too still are you know ed kilgore Wes Goforth, Mike DeGeorge, Adam Benini, um, you know, I think Heather Prusak's a rising young star. And, uh, you know, I, I worked with a bunch of people, and they were really good people and do a great job as broadcasters.
1: And what you are saying about Dan, Dan, Dan Levy, even though he did the Leaf games in the past, Dan is one of the best ones. And if, if anyone's going to follow in his footsteps, Dan's a good selection. Good choice. Oh.
2: I think Dan does a great job and he too is a really good guy. So uh, I'm happy for him and, you know, he's done a great job kind of easing into replacing the legend, which is quite a challenge as I'm sure um, yep. he might tell you, but then again, he might not. Cause he's that kind of guy.
1: All right, you we're back. We're back. It happens.
2: We froze Sorry, up that for was a on second. my
1: end. Sorry, Stu. That happens. Yeah, that That's happens, okay. too. And I forgot to mention John Murphy, too. John Murphy is one of the best in the business, too, and he had to fall in the footsteps of Van Miller as well. So uh, I forgot about John Miller and Pat Malacharro uh, of the Bisons, too. He's a really good guy, too.
2: Well, don't forget there was Jim and Ben Wagner, followed Pete Weber. Yep. They were good. And uh, John Murphy's a good guy, too. So we're very fortunate to have a lot of really good broadcasters in this area.
1: Definitely, and John Googler from the Buffalo Bandits Gertler. too. John Gertler, definitely, and he Googler does a yeah. great. Yes, he does, and uh, and
2: yes, Pat Monacaro, too. All of them, we're very fortunate here.
1: Definitely, and you just answered my next question. I was going to ask you about your all-time favorite call. By RJ, it's a May Day, which is mine as well. So, uh, last question I'd ask you, Stu, because I know you got to get going soon. Uh, thoughts overall on this 21 22 Sabres team and the job Don Granado and his coaching staff have done, and where do you feel the Sabres need to adjust in the offseason going forward in the 22 23
2: season? Well, first of all, let me say I think Don Granado was the perfect choice. I think he's done a fabulous job. Here he gets this guy, Tage Thompson, a big guy playing on the wing. And he looks at him and he goes, I'm not getting this guy. It just isn't happening for this kid. Let's try him at center. Well, that worked. That's a brilliant move. He's infused all these kids with confidence. Look at Rasmus Dahlin. And and even Jeff Skinner's had a bounce back year. Um, So he's got these guys beginning to believe in themselves. And, and Kevin Adams has done a great job too, hiring Granado and getting talent in the organization and getting that pipeline up and going with young talent. Um, Jack Quinn, JJ Paterka, some of these kids will be here next year. Owen Power might be here. um, As soon as the Michigan season ends, he might get 10 games or so. So uh, and I can't wait to see him six foot six defenseman. That's a big guy. Um, and, uh, so, you know, I think they're headed in the right direction. And what happened in Chicago the other night, being down four nothing, coming back to win the game six to five after falling behind five to four was fabulous and incredible win. Um, gold has been an issue. Craig Anderson, I think, had he not been hurt, they might have 10, maybe 15 more points. Maybe, um, And yes, he's 41, but I think he's a great presence around these guys. There's a lot of youth, and they've got three goaltenders coming into the organization. And I would say, well, they've got one in the organization, Uka Pekalukkanen, who, if he can stay healthy, uh, he's had the two hip surgeries and he had some injuries this year, but if he can stay healthy, he looked like a very promising prospect. And of course there's Devin Levi from New Hampshire. His team was just eliminated. And there's Eric Pontillo from the University of Michigan. So Levi and Pontillo uh, are both outstanding prospects. I'm taking a guess. I think Pontillo might go back to Michigan, but I don't know that. Um, and Levi might be in Rochester next year and Lukanen will be up here with the Sabres. So. Um, I think for the first time in a long time, thanks to Kevin Adams and Don Granado, the Sabers' future looks pretty bright. Yeah, I know they're going to miss the playoffs this year, but look at all the positives that has happened on this team. Look at Vinny Hinestroza; They got him playing great. Um, you know, he was in Chicago, played, what, 150 games with the Blackhawks, and I think he's played really well for the Sabres. So I think there's positives. I'm a big fan of Peyton Krebs. And Alex Tuck, how do you not love that guy? So, you know, there's a guy who always dreamed of playing for the Buffalo Sabres. Lo and behold, here he is, and he's playing great hockey. So I'm just very excited about the future for this team for the first time in a long, long time. And I'm very happy about that. In fact, the reason I wanted to do this at 6 and not 7 is so I can go watch the hockey game.
1: Oh yeah, that's true. The Sabers and the the Winnipeg Jets tonight from the KeyBank Center at uh, seven o'clock. Yes. I think seven o five?
3: Yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah,
1: hey, uh, yeah. I had some news with the Red Wings today. They uh they fired their longtime employee of fifty one years, Al Saboka. He's their Zamboni driver, and he was with the Red Wings since the Olympia Arena, and they uh, let him go today after fifty one years. And a lot of the Red Wing fans are upset because. They identified him with the team as the Zamboni driver, and he took care of the uh, Joe Arena and Little Caesar's Arena. So I'm going to be interesting to see what actually happened to let an employee like that, 51 years with one franchise, uh, to, to, to terminate him like that.
2: Yeah, there seems to be, there might be a little bit more to that story than meets the eye. How old the gentleman is he?
1: I believe he's 68, but he said he was still he he, only comment was he's putting in a wrongful uh, dismissal against the Red Wings and he wanted to continue to working. But there's got to be more to this than the fans will know about.
2: Well, I, I hate hearing those kinds of stories, but unfortunately it happens. He's not the first person it's happened to and he's not the last person it's going to happen to. Although I do hate to hear that kind of story, especially since I was so excited talking about the Sabres. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have a soft spot for Detroit because yeah, I, re- yes. I used to have a, uh, I used to, have, I used to have family cousins in the Detroit area, uh, but I think they've since moved to Chicago. Um, okay. But I do have a soft spot for okay. the Red Wings because a um, fellow named Gordy Howe played for them, and I'm a big Gordy Howe fan.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Hey, right now the Sabers are two points behind the Red Wings, and uh, right. right now we're. I was gonna say, and I think part of this reason is because of Don Granato has gotten this team to play so well. The Red Wings right now are kind of regressing with their young team. The Aim is improving, and that's why there's a lot of heat on Steve Eiserman to fire Jeff Blasio because he's been in Detroit seven years, Stu. Uh, he's only had one winning season. Okay, they've had some bad teams the last five years, but how many coaches in sports stay in one city for seven years with one win season in six straight no years of uh, six straight years of no playoffs? I uh, I really do think Eisenman, I hope in the off season uh, looks at bringing in former Red Wing legend Igor Larionov to replace Blasher, because I think Larionov would be a perfect candidate to be the next head coach of the Red Wings
2: well we'll see Eiserman Steve Eiserman is in charge of that roster so he he's got to take his share of the blame for what's going on in Detroit because they haven't fixed it yet and the, they have a similar problem to the sabers that once you get down in the depths it's really hard to climb out of there and it looks like gotcha. the sabers yep. have been- climb and I'm very grateful for it and you know if you think about it Kevin Adams the first thing he had to do was fire everybody and he did that. That's a tough way to start. And then he pulled off the Jack Eichel trade. That's a monstrous trade, especially for our first-time GM. And it looks like he did a great job on that, on that trade. And if Vegas misses the playoffs, it's a pretty high draft pick for the Sabres, I think between 11 and 20. So I would say things are looking up for the Sabres, and uh, I'm very excited about it. And it's also very exciting when you think about Friday night and the night for the great Rick Jenneret so I can't speak too much on the Red Wings Chris I don't follow them the way I follow the Sabres but um it, the Red Wings definitely. are very historic guys but right now I'm just real happy with things going all all the things going on in the Sabres organization that I can see um as an Definitely
1: definitely hey yes, uh, do I'm going to let you go cuz I all the games start seven o'clock, but I just wanted to say, hey, thank you so much for uh, coming on again uh, for a third time on short notice. And I wanted to uh, talk to you about the new stadium, the NFL overtime rules, and obviously uh, what's going on with the Sabers as well. And and I'm looking forward to the uh, Bisons and coming down to a game in May. And it uh, uh, looks like I'm going to be able to go to a, a Bandits game at the end of April against Toronto, which is great because I'll be cheering for the Bandits.
2: Well, that's good to know. You should always root for Buffalo, especially against Toronto. <laughs> and hopefully the Bucs They're
1: not even. definitely. What's that? I, I think the Buc- um the Rock are still called the Toronto Rock, but they don't play in Toronto anymore. They play the games in Hamilton, but they've elected to keep the Toronto name playing in Hamilton. But so far, it's worked out so far.
2: Yeah, well, like I said, always root for Buffalo, especially against teams from Toronto, except for the Blue Jays. It's okay to root for the Blue Jays. And hopefully, the Bisons have a great year, too. And I'm always glad to come on, Chris. Ask me
1: anytime. Definitely.
2: You're breaking up like crazy. I think you froze again. We'll wait for you to come.
1: Anyways, back. just wait one second. Yep. Just one second. I think it's on me, Stu. I apologize. Hey, folks, we're just going to wrap up. Uh, just uh, technical difficulties uh, with the Wi-Fi. That's probably on my end. Anyways, Stu, are you still? You're back.
2: I never left.
1: <laughs> okay. No problem. No problem. Hey, thank you so much. And I'm learning too, even with the podcast, uh, sometimes technical difficulties can happen with, it's like with TV, radio, and podcasting. and that. But I just want to say thank you so much uh, for coming on again, Stu. And uh, maybe we'll have to have you on again in the summer and talk some uh, Cleveland Guardian baseball. I still wanted to call them the Indians, but now I'm starting to get used to the name Guardians.
2: Okay, Chris, I'll be glad to come on and talk to you anytime about any anything you want in sports. Guardians, Blue Jays, Bills, Bisons, Sabres, Bandits, you name it, I'll talk about it.
1: Okay, well, enjoy the Sabres game tonight against Winnipeg, and uh, the Red Wings are taking on the Rangers, so hopefully both of our teams get wins tonight.
2: All right, well, thanks for having me on, Chris. We'll talk to you soon.
1: You too. Thanks, Stu. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed my podcast tonight, Season 3, Episode 22, with Stu Boyer, uh, formerly of WGRZ TV Channel 2 in Buffalo, who's a sports anchor reporter there for 35 years. And we're just talking about the goings-on in the city of Buffalo right now, uh, with the Bills being Super Bowl contenders, the Sabres look like they're finally heading the right direction, and the Buffalo Bandits are 12-1 and, and look like NLL National Lacrosse League favorites to win the championship. And then the Buffalo Bisons uh, look to have a good season as well. So things are definitely looking up in Buffalo with their sports teams and their new stadium that will be ready by 2026 in Orchard Park, New York. Before I go, guys, I'm going to show you this uh, highlights of the Sabres-Blackhawks game the other day where the Sabres uh, came back from four-goal deficit to win 6-5 to five in their first four-goal comeback since uh, 1989 I believe uh, and you'll believe this winning goal they scored but uh, just one second I'm just going to play this clip and this clip is courtesy of the Buffalo Sabres uh, television network
0: you've made too many late references wake up over there just about to start Sabres from left to right in the first in the road whites Hawks in the home reds and here we go it's Reese Johnson Sam Lafferty Tyler Johnson wearing number 90 14 games so far this season for the Hawks Graded back in July of 2021 to Chicago in the slot. Radish lays it off. Calvin DeHaan shoots and scores the Hawks to a one nothing lead.
3: This is Dave's bringing this in. Just this a little dish to Radish right there. He turns, and fakes the shot.
0: Hawks at center, backhanded by Johnson down low, Butcher. Takes a hit there as the Hawks coming. That was Lafferty. McCabe with a shot, that's tipped and beats Tukarski. 2-0 Chicago. Lafferty celebrating, looks like he gets the deflection. Right there for
3: his fifth goal of the year. I think that shot was taken by Jake McCabe from the point.
0: Hawks up 2-0 if you just join us. Jahan and Lafferty with the goals. Power play for Chicago with 30 seconds left as they game the line. Taves has got a man in front, goes in on his own with a backhand, short side, looking like classic Jonathan Taves. Found the fountain of youth on that play. Three, nothing Chicago. But what an individual effort
3: right here. He's just gonna curl and drag right around Sammonson right there, stays right with it. Goes from the forehand to the backhand. But Johnson going to the net. And he's wide open there too. Jason Middlestad tries to get back and help out, but just not enough right there. You can see Yogi Haru get caught up.
0: and out behind the net, plays it to the corners, fun back for Seth Jones. And he'll send it up the right side. This is Patrick Kane. Samuelson watches him in the slot. Pascals across instead of Sloan taking the shot. Seth Jones with a shot, and that one goes up and in. Dakarski came out to challenge, and he's just got that look like it's just not there right now. Four-nothing Hawks.
3: We find Seth Jones coming in right here, and he's just gonna let it go. You see that one go great. Right. I really think he got a piece of it, it looks like.
0: In the second period of 121, it's a four-nothing Hawks lead. Sabres in the offensive zone in the corner. This is Cousins. He'll bring it up top. Gilki hurry far side gets it back from Olison. that shot comes off the boards Cousins sends it across Olsson shoots and scores that looks like Victor Olsson for sure with that release and Buffalo's on the board 15 10 to go in the second Cousins and he's going to find
3: Olson wide open on the far face off dot The quick release
0: right there. deep in the hot zone from the corner Gustafson Plays it behind the net. Skinner with the knockdown. Trying to center in front, scores! Victor Olsson.
3: He's got Skinner down behind the net. He's got Seth Jones all over him. Look at that little pass right there. Misplay by the defenseman in front of the net.
0: Gustafson can't clear. Butcher pitches down to keep it in. Cousins turns in the high slot. Sends it to the net, they score! Did that go off Victor Olsson or did that just slide in? Right there and into the net.
3: It's going to be Kyle Leposo's goal, 17th of the year. But great work, once again, by Dylan Cut.
0: Thompson behind the net, keeps it. Brings it out far side, back to the point. One-timer shot, stopped. Rebound is there, they score! It dribbles behind, like
3: it in. And- Vinny Henestros is going to get his 11th. Here's Tate Thompson coming around. Here's the shot from the point. It goes off. Jake McCabe.
0: Radish. Seth Jones, Kane with a one-timer, save, is made to Karski, the rebound. stone fishes it free. 47 seconds to go to the man advantage. Here's to Brinkett, scores!
3: Here's Patrick Kane, he tried this cross pass a couple times to
0: Brinkett. Give him a little look off there. And there you see the quick shot, middle step. High in the hawk zone. Trying to find a way. Olison turns to the net, they score! Tick, tap, tuck. not forget this lovely bit of passing to the net to tie it at five. Up top, Dahlien. Want well, to get something to the net here. Here goes Thompson. Stick explodes on him. It goes to the back of the net. The
3: Sabres score. Oh, and a broken stick, too. Here, great patience. There's the shot with a broken stick. It comes off the back wall. Leggett puts it in his own net. It goes off his left
0: skate. Sabres can't clear, stroke to the net, and that one stays
1: Anyways, that clip was courtesy of the MSG Network, and the Sabres came back and won that game 6-5 to on a broken stick goal and their first four-goal comeback uh, for the Buffalo Sabres since 1989. And that was played with courtesy of uh, Dan Dunleavy, who does a great job with the uh, Buffalo Sabres, along with Rob Ray as well. And uh, the Sabres, speaking of them, they take on Winnipeg tonight at the Key Bank Center. Uh, Face-off is just uh, in about 15 minutes there at the KeyBank Bank Center. And the Red Wings tonight take on the New York Rangers at 7.30 at Little Caesars Arena. And uh, uh, hopefully the Red Wings can get a win in two points tonight. They're only two points ahead of Buffalo right now in the standings in the uh, Eastern Conference as well. Anyways, guys, I'm going to wrap up this podcast show. But... Uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody watching live on my YouTube channel. Please hit the subscribe notification if you haven't. Uh, Thank you everyone for watching on Facebook Live and on Twitter as well. And uh, before we go, also, guys, just to let you know, uh, Live with CDP Podcasts, the audio version is downloaded to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, and LinkedIn, and I'm hoping to get on more audios in the future as well. And also, guys, you can check me out on TikTok, uh, TikTok at live with CDP. That's at live with CDP on TikTok as well. And uh, I do have another podcast show um, tomorrow, uh, Thursday, March 31st. Uh, The time to be determined still. uh, My guest is going to be Kelsey. Nicole Nelson she's a freelance broadcaster and she's with Fox Sports Radio in Washington 1340 and she's also got her has her own uh uh her own show called listening with KNN her schedule is quite busy so I'm going to cross my fingers and hopefully she'll be able to come on again tomorrow. And we're going to talk National Football League with her, uh, the Washington Commanders, obviously, she, since she's been to Washington from Washington, and also Carson Wentz. And also we'll talk about the NFL Draft and the uh, NCAA uh, Men's Final Four Tournament, uh, which is going to take place this Saturday night, which I'm looking forward to as well. And uh, let's see, guys, before we go, Uh, I'm just going to one thing right here. I'm just going to put this right up here. The NCAA men's basketball final four will take place. Like I said, Saturday uh, at six Oh nine Villanova versus Kansas city. I got Villanova winning and the late game will be UNC uh, North Carolina against Duke and I've got Duke. So I'm going to say Duke and Villanova will meet for the national championship on Monday, April 4th. So Villanova and Duke are my picks as well. So. All right, guys, uh, again, my next slide with CDP podcast, season three, uh, season three, episode 23, Kelsey, Nicole, Nelson, uh, time to be uh, determined tomorrow, we'll cross our fingers. Uh, but I have uh, at least five podcast uh, shows uh, lined up for next week. Uh, so I got a busy week next week. But uh, anyways, again, I want to say thank you to my guest, Stu Boyer, for coming on and talking some Buffalo sports. And everybody for uh, watching or listening to Live with CDP podcast. And I hope you like my new opening intro with my voice over. Thanks to my friend Jeff from Rogers and Robert, uh, producer from Rogers TV. And I'm wearing the hat today too, guys. So, all right. I hope everybody has a great night. Enjoy the hockey games. Uh, Goal Sabres, go Red Wings, and we'll see you guys uh, hopefully tomorrow night uh, with Kelsey and Nicole uh, Nelson, and uh, we'll talk some uh, NFL with Kelsey. All right, I hope everyone has a great night. Again, thanks for watching and listening to Live with CDP Podcast Season 3, Episode 22 tonight. See you guys tomorrow night.